bluegrass play in a late southern fall. I heard the crowd celebrate when Bobby caught that ball. I pulled off them shoulder pads for the very last time. I shed a tear and laughed a while with a bunch of brothers of mine. Picked her up that Friday night, she had curls in her hair. And man, my heart skipped a beat when she walked down them stairs. A pretty little prom dress, smile sweet as apple pie. And we danced away high school in the blink of an eye. And in a day that I don't think about it now. About a life well lived and all the roads that I've been down. Each moment's one that yet made me who I am. And turned a boy into a man. What is up, Real Hondo football fans? It is officially week five, and that means a very tough matchup against the Torrance Tartars, who come to Care Park on Friday night with a three and one record. And although you may not be intimidated by that record and just think, oh, well, they're not undefeated, uh, you got to look at it from a standpoint of, you know, uh, the Torrance Tartars have played a, a pretty good schedule. They've played some uh, big-time opponents thus far in the season. Uh, Narbonne, uh, Redondo Union, to to be uh, you know to be specific, and this is a team that's coming into Care Park that I will honestly say is um, is going to be a tough test for us. You know, it's a big public school, a school that plays a uh, pretty good football, and we'll look at some of their scores here uh, real soon. But I think our young men are going to have to uh, elevate their game a little bit this week. They're going to have to step it up and be prepared that. Um, you know, what they've been doing, it may not be good enough. You're going to have to amp it up, uh, do what you do well, even better, uh, this week than perhaps you have in, in, in prior weeks. So, uh, our, our young men, our boys are going to have to, um, turn into men rather, rather quickly, uh, this, this Friday night at care park with a huge, uh, week five matchup against the three and one Torrance Tartars. And, you know, it also kind of, it kind of puts things in perspective in the sense that, uh, you know, we want these guys to grow up uh, quickly and such, but at the same time, it's going really fast also, right? We're already halfway through the season. Coach Carson says uh, a third of the way through the season, if you know what I mean. But uh, man, our young man just started a few weeks ago down in San Diego. Uh, some of these guys taking their first varsity snaps and and heck, man, we're already uh, five games in. And uh, Rio's off to a 5-0 start with big wins over Francis Parker, Pasadena Pauly, uh, El Monte, Marquez, and last week, Boron. But uh, I think we're up against a different animal this Friday. And, um, you know, I hope the young men are ready for it and uh, ready to put in maybe a little extra work, right? Um, who was it? Bobby Knight was like, what's game face? What's your game face? And he'd, he'd make fun and, you know, throw all these different things. But um, it's going to take a team effort this week to slow down Torrance, to, um, to again, uh, level the playing field. And I think if Real Hondo does the things that they – traditionally do well and have done well this season, run the ball, play decent defense, not give up too many big plays, maybe get some takeaways. Um, I, I think they'll be in the game, but when you're up against a team like Torrance, again, who is, it's not so much the record and what they do. It's, it's where they've been, who they've played, the level of competition, right? Rio for years has always been about taking that next step, playing bigger schools, playing in higher divisions. Well, they've, they've got to do that in recent years. They beat Charter Oak in the playoffs. We all know that in the Division 7 playoffs a few years ago, they are routinely routinely uh, up against the teams and schools that are a uh, bigger bigger enrollment. And, you know, last year in the first round against uh, Norwalk. Um, and, and these are challenges, I think, that 
Many of us alumni have wanted over the years. We wanted to see uh, who Rio can can take down, who who Rio could go against. So it's kind of a catch twenty two, right? Because you you want the opportunities, but you also know kind of where you're at, the level you're at, and kind of the depth you have. And I think Rio's a little banged up right now this 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 point of the season. And who isn't banged up a little bit, right? Everyone's everyone's got some injuries, and we've seen uh, Alex Mustaine be injured, come back. We've seen guys like you know Jacob Gomez are, are out right now. Uh, Ivan Takash, he he's been out. We'll see. We'll see about these guys getting back on the field here soon for Rio to be at full strength. But at this point of the season, man, everyone's banged up and hurt a little bit, right? And you don't want to rush back. You don't want to do something that's going to uh, risk your injury being even worse. But uh, you know that's the beauty of football, really the the attrition that that, that goes down in a season. And so uh, Rio's up against it this Friday. I really implore you guys if you can get out to this game. Uh, please do so. Tell tell a, tell a family member, tell another friend, say, hey, man, come out to this game Friday night. Um, I believe it's, uh, I'm not positive, but I believe it's senior night. They're going to honor, honor the seniors. And again, this is the third of four consecutive home games. Um, so there's a home game next week against uh, Kings Academy from uh, the Bay Area and then one home game after that. So uh, real quickly, we have uh, got down to just a, a few short home games left. And, and if you haven't made it out to Care Park yet, uh, I really encourage you guys to do so. There's a playground for the kids. There's usually food before the game uh, for a good cause, right? Fundraising of some kind. And just just a great great atmosphere, great environment. So uh, if you guys, uh, man, if you're looking for a game to get to, this would be the one, I tell you. And, and I could say that about every single week. And I know I've talked up El Monte. I've talked up uh, Pasadena Poly. I've talked up the Boron rivalry. But this one, I think, when you look at the schedule as a whole, you, you knew that Campbell Hall and Brentwood, those would be tough matchups. But I think uh, Torrance is the game where you're really you're really stepping up your game a little bit. You're you're taking your game to the next level and seeing how Real Hondo matches up against uh, maybe a bigger school that has played some higher competition because that's always been the question, right? For so many years, how would Real Hondo do against the Charter Oak? How would they do against the Northview, a, a Glendora, a Mir, all, Monrovia, all these schools that have had pretty good success over the years? And I think Real Hondo's right up there with with some of the top programs in the area. I, I firmly believe that. I think Rio rises to the occasions uh, to the occasion more often than not. And uh, they usually surprise people. And it's not just uh, the kids you have on the team this year. It's kind of just built in with the tradition that uh, overcoming that, 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 that overcoming that overachieving, I should say that, you know, that, that David and Goliath mentality that Rio is as well as they do at times, they don't get the respect maybe that they feel they, that they deserve. And, and I, and I know Rio fans and alumni and players, we all wear that with a badge of honor, right? Like, Hey, you don't believe Rio Hondo is a big time program. All right, watch this. Right. And even if you don't maybe win a ball game uh, like last year in the playoffs, I think we are in the respect of so many people uh, on the Norwalk sideline and anyone watching that game with a, you know, who didn't have a vested interest in it. That is like, wow, these guys can play ball. They, 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 they do, they do big things for the small school they are. And so we're up against a tough test this weekend, this Friday, I should say, uh, at home against the Torrance Tartar. So I implore everyone get out to the game. If you can't make it watch the game online. I know sometimes there's uh, there's issues with the NHS network and I get, uh, Facebook messages from fans and stuff on Friday, about seven, 10, uh, uh, local time. And I'm like, oh man, I, I, I don't know why it's not working, but it's not working. So anyway, uh, get out to the game if you can. I really encourage you guys um, to do so. Uh, you know, it's a it's a few bucks to get in, not a big deal. And and if you want to uh, save 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 a few dollars, then by all means, uh, you know, purchase that eleven bucks or whatever it is for the NFHS network, and you can watch uh, multiple games for uh, just a few dollars. So huge game this Friday night. Um, I really 
would like to see Rio with the next two weeks go into league play uh, somewhat healthy. So we got to get to that bye week in a two week in two weeks. But first off, uh, the Torrance Tartars followed up by uh, Kings Academy, who we do not know much about from the Bay Area, but a small school that's coming down and um, will be uh, will be uh, you know a tough a tough opponent as well. So I'm really excited about this game Friday night. I, I'm going to try my best to get there as early as possible and uh, hype it up like I'm supposed to do right here on the podcast. It's my job to get you guys fired up on the pregame show, whether you're listening to this on Thursday night, 24 hours roughly before kickoff, or on your way to the game. I hope that uh, it puts you in a good frame of mind for uh, for the football game this Friday night. Uh, we have a wonderful guest today, a real Hondo alum, somebody that has been mentioned to me multiple times. I have not uh, met this guy before I re recorded with him, but uh, it was an absolute pleasure. An older gentleman, a, a guy who played on the 1982 championship team, which, uh, you know, 41 years ago uh, went undefeated and was one of our best teams ever. And uh, Dave Guerrero, who does uh, some camera sideline reporting uh, with us on the uh, Friday night uh, broadcast team or whatever. He does great work with the, the uh, YouTube channel as well. Uh, he suggested this guy to me and a uh, former teammate of his. And I wanted to reach out. And sometimes you reach out to people and just like, hey, let's, uh, would you like to talk on the, the podcast? Some guys are hesitant, but uh, this individual was uh, willing to do so. And I had a great time talking with him. We're going to be joined by 1982 CIF champion Don Bedoya, who was on that uh, great championship team and did a lot of big time things. Uh, he now lives in Louisiana and uh, we'll, we'll reflect back on his days at Real Hondo Prep, his journey to get there and kind of, you know, he, it was a unique path for, for, for him from what I can remember. And uh, just a, a lot of, again, you look back and you kind of see how things are now, right? With transfers and guys going into Rio who maybe didn't go to Care Youth League. Well, Don Bedoya at that, at that time, that was really, really rare. And I believe he wasn't involved in Care Youth League, but he was looking for a private school and landed on Rio. So his story is rather interesting. And he happened to be uh, one of the top players on that 1982 championship team. So if you want to know a little bit more about Don Bedoya, Ask Dave Guerrero there on the sideline who's running the camera. And uh, Dave was a quarterback of that team. And I've recorded with Dave as well for a pregame show. We'll probably hear from him maybe next week. But uh, yeah, ask Dave or anybody on that 1982 team about Don Bedoya. And I'm sure you'll hear some great stories. So uh, Don was uh, gracious uh, with, with his time and just had nothing but good things to say about Real Hondo Prep. And I love talking to alums. I love talking to people that have a, a unique perspective of Real Hondo Prep and trying to Pass that along to you guys right on the podcast and just uh, go down memory lane a little bit with uh, some of our older leaders getting to kind of go back in time uh, and hear from some of those uh, alumni as well, see what they're doing, what they're up to now. And uh, more often than not, it's it's guys that have gone on into a, a, an industry of service or, uh, you know, working for others. So uh, Don Bedoya, a special man and somebody that I enjoyed talking to. So I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing uh, this conversation uh, with Don. Uh, on the postgame show this weekend, I will more than likely have uh, newly elected President Colby Johnson on the podcast as our player representative. We usually have Coach Carson Wright and then a player uh, on the podcast to uh, just kind of hear from them and see what's going on. Last year, we had Zane Furwala come on the show after he was elected. So I felt, uh, well, let's, let's have Colby Johnson on the podcast uh, this weekend. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully he has a good game on Friday night and uh, there'll be a few things to talk about, but I want to hear about, you know, his administration, what his speech was like on, on Sunday and everything. We saw some great photos from the, uh, the guys and gals. They're all, all uh, dressed up and ready to go for uh, the inaugural uh, on uh, Sunday and got some pictures out. And that was always a lot of fun. Oh, inaugurals were just a blast right back in the day. Uh, as uh, some some of us were like, how oh, we got to throw a suit on, but you know, all in all, it was a good time. And uh, looking back, uh, I don't know what other high schools do. They have proms, I guess, and winter formals and things. But 
the inaugural is really special, really brought the the high school together and, and made you feel made you feel important, whether you're a freshman or a senior, like it's just you're part of something special at Real Hondo Prep. And that's a big reason why we continue to have uh, this uh, this podcast out uh, for the Charge to Keep podcast and just help the football program grow and, and learn about a little bit of uh, every everybody and uh, just the ins and outs of the operation. So uh, let's get to our interview with Don Bedoy right now. When I come back after the interview, it's about 20, 25 minutes. After that, I'll do a brief rules discussion, maybe make a few announcements. We'll break down some of the scores from the Torrance Tartars. Uh, but you guys are tuning in today to hear one of our uh, legendary alumni, Don Bedoya from uh, Louisiana. Uh, again, I hadn't met him before this conversation, so it was a lot of fun going down uh, memory lane and just uh, kind of reliving that 1982 season a little bit. Sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy this one. A member of our uh, alumni here from 1982, a CIF champion on the undefeated team in 82, Don Bedoya. Okay, now joining us from Louisiana is 1982 CIF champion Don Bedoya from the class of 1983. How you doing, Don? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Th thank you for, for doing this. I've uh, ha had you suggested to me by multiple people, most notably uh, one of your former teammates, uh, Dave Guerrero. Yes. Dave's a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, Dave. Dave was a you know Dave's a real humble guy. He does a lot of filming now for the uh, for the team on the sideline. Uh, his kids went through Rio. Uh, yeah, Dave was Dave was a quarterback. What positions did you play back in the day, Don? Uh, fullback, and for the my senior year, uh, defensive end. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And you guys, you guys went uh, undefeated, I think, in 1982, right? 13 and 0 or something. 13 and 0. Yes. Wow. Yes. Who'd you end up playing in that championship game? Templeton. Templeton. Nem yeah. Yes. The nemesis. I've seen them. I've seen that footage of that game on YouTube a, a, a time or two. It's out there at Carefield. Yeah. They, uh, I, that team that we played against as freshmen, we had a 77 uh, game win streak uh, going and they, they beat us uh, and stopped it at 77. So we are we have the 77 most wins, you know, and then we lost. <laughs> wow. So we have a record. <laughs> but that same team, that same team beat us our junior year uh, in the CIF championship. And then we got them our senior year. Oh, that's sweet. That is sweet revenge. I, I've heard that rivalry was special with two schools so far apart. And we got to bring that one back, I think, in the 11-man era. Maybe maybe uh, just, just for old time's sake. So was that – that had to be sweet after losing to them in the finals to then beating them in the finals the next year? Yep, the next year. And was and, uh, was that – go ahead. I was going to say there are two running backs that destroyed us our, our junior year, came back their senior year, and we pretty much uh, shut them down. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that is, that's uh, – anytime you can uh, flip a switch like that, that's cool. Uh, and, and at that time, you guys were still playing them annually, uh, you know, in the regular season as well? I think we faced them our second game, the um, our senior year, mm. and we we took care of them. We actually had a um, everything through the air. We had a great passing game, and then when they came to play us in the championship, you know, we we ran all over them. <laughs> <laughs> Balance the 
<laughs> no, no, absolutely. When a team knows you that well, you gotta you gotta keep them on their toes, keep them honest. Uh, I I don't know a lot of guys from that team. I I've just met you today, but I've heard from so many people. Your quarterback Dave Guerrero, uh, Paul Clark is a big fan of yours. Is like, man, you got to get Don Bedoya on the podcast. Uh, I I know Scott Moore was a big time running back on that team. A lot of people uh, remember Scott Moore. Um, yeah, talk to me about some of your teammates from 1980, 82. Oh, we had, uh, we had Don Aiden, uh, Derek Durden, uh, Scott. Um, Aiden was a receiver. Uh, he was kind of small growing up, you know, and then all of a sudden his senior year, he uh, put it all together too. He was, uh, you, you couldn't cover him, he was fast. He'll even hit you in the, on defense and come up and lay a few licks on you. Um, Derek Durden was about six six. He was our tight end. Um, he caught he caught a lot of, uh, I guess, important passes whenever we needed some big plays, third down, you know, and long. We'd sneak him up the middle. Dave hit him. Uh, Dave was our quarterback. He was a junior. It was his. He went to three straight CIF championships. He he led three Rio Hondo teams straight. Uh, his sophomore, junior, and senior year. And uh, let's see, we had Norm Schultz, Steve Mendoza on the line, uh, John Weiss, and uh, Kyle, I can't remember his last name. He was on the line. Uh, uh, Moore rushed for about 1,150 yards that year. Uh, I had like 1,250 myself. He scored 23 <laughs> touchdowns. I had 24. Dave was had like you know, in the 20s too, you know, 13 passing. We we actually broke the California record for uh, scoring that year. Uh, wow. Nobody ever scored over 600 points. We had like maybe 650 points that year. Um, we went undefeated. We played, uh, I guess, the we, we got together uh, this past uh, a couple months ago. We had a team reunion for 40 years, uh, and we talked about, how we played four prison schools. <laughs> By the time we made it to the championship, Templeton used to always beat us up. We were like laughing at them. We weren't scared of them no more. We done played El Paso de Robo twice, Masada, Marquette. These guys were in there and taking swipes at us and hitting cheap shots and everything. But, you know, they toughened us up. Yeah, I don't think there's many schools uh, outside of Rio that's played uh, schools like that. You know, small small school football. Sometimes you you got a unique experience of playing. Uh, yeah, quote prison schools. Guys that get in trouble and they want to have a football team and and get out there and hit people. And it's not always it's not always legal. And then they tr they trash talk a little bit too. So uh... yeah. <laughs> and and our our defense was led by nose guard Mark Acosta. They were one of the fastest guys on the field and. Uh... If you got by Acosta, you know, uh, Schultz would take your head off. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard Norm Schultz was uh, was quite the football player, uh, both sides yeah. of the ball. Wow. Yeah. Some people are scared to do something, you know, throw your body in the air. He'd hit a train. He didn't care. Like, <laughs> Norm, what are you doing? <laughs> as many times I picked him up off the, off the field, like, just has this look on his face, like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> there he is. One, that, one of the hardest time I've ever been hit in in all of high school. Uh, you know, running back, no one's ever hit me. But in practice, Norm got me one time. We was running a um, doing a a photo shoot for the local paper, the Star, Pasadena Star, 
And Mr. Johnson says, oh, run a power 22. Well, he went to the defense and said, look, we're going to run a power 22. So Norm knows I'm coming up the middle. <laughs> I get the ball, I come up the middle, he flipped me over. He hit me, he came <laughs> right at my knees and took me out. It's like before the championship game, it's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> he goes, he didn't know, he didn't have a stop button. <laughs> <laughs> wow that sounds like a great uh real hondo type of guy right great real hondo football player that's uh, you need yeah. guys like that man at all times uh don i i got a couple questions here from your old uh high school quarterback i told him i was i was recording with you and so he shot me a couple questions number one he asked he says ask don about his uh halftime routine i have no idea what this means but <laughs> uh let's see I, i'm a glutton i like to eat and then we'd have that, I guess, a team dinner, maybe three hours before we played. And I'd just stuff myself full. So we get out to play. And, you know, about halftime, I'm, like, ready to throw up. And, you know, because it's like, uh, I'm so full. And I, I threw up one time and then uh, threw up again <laughs> at halftime. So every halftime turned into a ritual because we, we're winning every, you know, we, it's like, oh, you got to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Only high school boys would come up with something like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> now the team dinners are a little, little further, uh, you know, further before kickoff. So, so that's really funny. But, but on my defense, uh, I was I was the fullback, and I was on uh, defense as a defensive end. I didn't I didn't come out. I was on kickoffs and and punts. And uh, not only when I had to run, I had to even uh, block for Scott because you know the fullback is very important in our offense. He's out there in front of everybody blocking. So I never took a playoff, but, you know, by the time halftime came, I was drained. <laughs> <laughs> ready, to, ready to get it all out of the system. That, that's hilarious. Good question there, Dave. And then, okay, this is, I thought this was rather funny too. Uh, I guess you guys ran a lot of uh, triple option and stuff. Dave asks, uh, <laughs> ask him, ask him, ask Don why on the option he thought he was supposed to get the ball every time as he was the person who was supposed to do the read. <laughs> All right, yes, I'm I'm guilty of that. You put the yep. ball in my stomach, you ain't getting it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, that's a great point, man. That's absolutely ball security. And yeah, you put that's uh, that's a quote for all time right there. Sounds like you and Dave uh, and and all the guys really had a lot of camaraderie on that team. We we did. Um, it, like you said, when you asked me before, did I grow up in the Rio Hondo system? I was no, I got there in high school. And I felt like I didn't fit in when I first got there. Um, but uh, looking back, I see that the camaraderie, I miss that. You know, uh, Scott and Don Aiden uh, really helped me along. My spiritual, uh, I guess, self too, getting there from the outside, coming in. You're not used to all uh all of that and um i think as a senior our team finally jailed we actually started trusting each other coach johnson relied on us you know before he never did that before because i guess he relied on the class before us but as seniors he really you know we really grew as a team yeah that is that's special stuff so don unique uh, to that time it's more it's more common now with kids coming into the high school uh, when they haven't gone to care youth league or whatever, but back then, uh, very rare. So, uh, where did you grow up and how did you end up at uh, Rio Hondo? Uh, let's see. I was born in El Cerrito, uh, pretty tough area. And I was like six years old. We moved up to Stockton until I was, uh, 
until high school age. And um, I went to live with my dad in Southern California. And he says, you've been getting in too much trouble. I'm going I'm to put you in a private school. <laughs> and he did. He put me in real Honda prep. I show up the first day and I'm like, well, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so but, go ahead. No, just a, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, shell shock. I mean, Rio Hondo is a unique place. And if, if you're not used to it or have heard of it before, it had to be kind of just shocking and eye-opening, like adjusting to it. Oh, yeah. It took it took about three years before I could even trust, uh, I guess, what they're – or before I even, um, um, I guess, gave my salvation. You know, I, I uh, committed myself to, to Christ. Um, but it took, it took to my, I guess my start of the senior year before I did that, because it just, just wasn't used to everything. I, I live in, uh, Alexandria, Louisiana, and I'm just floored and amazed the outreach, what I witnessed when I was there. We, they had their hands in all of Southern California and it was just amazing. And and um, I, th I think that that was probably the most important thing from there is that that we got to learn uh, about Jesus Christ, how He died for the cross for our sins, and all we had to do is believe, and um, and and it's forever, you know. And um, that was probably, uh, I guess, the hardest lesson and the the best lesson down there that that you know walking away with, you know. That I, I had to learn. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it's all of us. I mean, we're all young men going through that program and uh, you know, being a, a young man's hard enough in your teenage years, growing up and just figuring life out. And, you know, it's, it's great to have that, that spiritual journey and guidance from, from real Hondo uh, leaders. And, you know, that's something that, that continues today. And I know the school is very, very proud of, and you see it in the, in the, the players. Now I get to talk to them and it's a big time priority. And I think the parents appreciate uh, all that as well. What a, what a story, uh, Don, uh, let me ask you about coach Randall Johnson. You mentioned him. Maybe we'll talk about uh, coach Gary Lenny as well. I mean, two legends at Rio Hondo, coach Johnson head coach for so many years. Uh, what was he like back in the early eighties? Uh, he's, he was amazing. Uh, he's probably the, the most influential coach I've ever been around. Um, he's always positive, always making light of everything. And it's kind of my personality now, you know, uh, I'm, we take everything serious, but we look for the, the funniness and everything. And, and, and he coached that way. And uh, Mr. Lunny was the opposite, <laughs> screaming and hollering and yelling and, you know, want to know why. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> why did you do this? I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought they really – meshed well together because of their differences oh, yeah. and, and their approach. Uh, Mr. Lunny had uh, is a funny way of, of tearing you down, you know, <laughs> as well, <laughs> the things he would say. Yep. But Randall Johnson just always seemed like, you know, something was on his mind, thinking about the next thing, thinking about yes. the next way to impact, uh, you know, his players. And he was an offensive genius, and Mr. Lunny was a defensive genius. I mean, you didn't see it, but then, uh, like I said, um, Templeton tore us up our junior year in the championship. They came with that same offense the next year, the first game. We shut them down. We shut their two big horse running backs down. And it was like, whoa, how did, why didn't we figure out that the first time? But, you know, <laughs> um, but they, they figured out how to stop them. 
That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, the real Hondo experience is unique and, and something, you know, I, I wish more people would be able to uh, experience, but um, you know, it all ends for some of us one day and uh, we move on in life. So what, uh, after high school, Don, uh, what did you do? And you're in Louisiana now. Talk to me about your, your journey to Louisiana, kind of life after high school. Well, I joined the Air Force uh, probably when I was 19. Um, got stationed out here in Alexandria, Louisiana, and uh, the base closed down and uh, decided to stay. Um, met my wife uh, here and um, had two children. Got divorced. <laughs> met my current wife. Uh, she had three children, so we raised five children together. My oldest son, Noah, he's in Frisco, uh, Texas, which is right above Dallas, and he's a veterinarian. Uh, my daughter's uh, one's working for a lawyer. One's um, got a master's in LSU, and she's a librarian. Got to be a master's. You got to have wow. a master's to be a librarian down there. And then another one, my other daughter Abigail just got married, and uh, she's a junior in college, going to be a teacher, but she took some time off because she's having a baby. And then I have a, a sixteen-year-old at home right now. He's being homeschooled, but he's a hell of an athlete too, but he, uh, he, he's kind of small. So he's like, uh, but he's, uh, his first carry as a freshman playing on the seniors playing with the varsity, he broke off like a 65 yard run. Oh man. <laughs> but he's not playing anymore. He was, he, um, but right now, um, uh, we own, uh, 13 bread routes for bunny bread. Uh, Flowers Incorporated, and we have uh, 45 rent houses in the area. So I'm kind of like on the downside of uh, managing everything and not really working so hard. But, uh, yeah, yeah, and you you've heard it, man. That's uh that's really cool. God bless you for your, for your service. And I mean Louisiana and California. I can't think of well. There's probably a few. Uh, two very different places. We'll say. I know they take their football very seriously down there in Louisiana. Yep. Yeah. Hey, everybody talks about LSU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big time, big time. Opening a college, yeah, football weekends are, are fun. You got to see your, your son play. That's That's got to be special stuff as well. Well, sounds like uh, all is well, as well uh, Mr. Bedoya. Just uh, RHP, RHP success and then more success, uh, you know, a after high school. Uh, let, let me ask you kind of about Real Hondo football, kind of the, I don't know, the impact it's had on your life, the lasting legacy, if you will. I like talking to the alumni and just hearing – I don't know what their overall memories of Rio, but just kind of what, what it means to them because these young men now playing one day, they'll be older men like us and, and be looking back and be like, wow, that was a, a fun experience. So if you could sum up uh, your experience at Rio Hondo prep football and its lasting legacy. Well, um, I guess when we're, I was, if I thought back, back when I was in high school, every day you wake up, you want to get better at whatever you're doing. If it's a quarterback, if it's a running back, if it's blocking, if it's tackling, you don't want to go to sleep um, not not trying to get better at your craft. I mean, hitting hitting a baseball, be better every day. And then if you even put 10, 20 minutes into it, by the time you're a senior, your body's going to fill out, you're going to grow, and you're going to dominate. You're not going to see that. Don't rely on the gifts God gave you. You've got to make them better. You don't want to be good. We're all good. You want to be great. You want to be phenomenal. You can't do that by just thinking that you're that way. You got to make yourself that way. 
That is uh, very, very well said. Can't uh, rest on your, you know, your success. You got to keep constant improvement. And uh, it sounds like, uh, yeah, the real Hondo's had an impact on you and, and other members of the alumni. And so uh, are you able to follow? You said you've fought, watched a few podcasts uh, here and there. You're able to follow it from uh, way out there, at least at least uh, an episode or two here. Yeah, and I watched some games uh, when Dave's son was playing. <laughs> yeah. It was exciting to see you just make him break everybody's ankles. <laughs> oh, man. I, I got to tell you, Don, for, for the size he was, pound for pound, that's one of the best football players I've ever seen. You know, short stature, but tough as nails, super fast, very durable. And, uh, man, what a stud athlete. It had to be fun watching your old quarterback son. Yep, it was. Fun, yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> made you proud? Yeah, he was a lot faster than Dave was. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Do you have a specific football memory as we kind of wrap things up? Anything that jumps Ooh. out to you? Uh, there's probably, I'm sure so there's, a, there's so there's many. You, you can name a few and we'll wrap it up soon. Probably the best hit I've ever seen was Norm Schultz on a kickoff. I oh, know it was a punt. He he hit, hit the first guy, knocked him out of the way, going, you know, 100 miles an hour. Hit a second guy, knocked him out the way, and then made the, or hit the guy running the ball and made the tackle. And it was like, Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. One of the funniest things, I hope I say this story right, but Robert Conrad's uh, son played on the, the Montclair football team. It was raining, and we were, uh, we were wiping them out 25 to nothing to go to our um, – and they, they had shut us out at the beginning of the year, and they were, like, untouchable. In fact, they even had a professional player playing on that team. Um, but anyway, Mike was wearing out Robert Conrad's son, you know, and, and Robert was on the sideline yelling at Mike. Mike looks at him and, and brushes his shoulder. You know, the, the favorite commercial back then was Robert Conrad, knocked his battery off my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is great. Just taking it, taking it to the, the, the legendary, legendary television actor, huh? <laughs> yeah. Man, and that was that's that's probably one of the funniest. <laughs> that is good. But, but the guy was Toy Cook. He he ran back a punt in that in the early part of the year when we played them. Uh, he he won a Super Bowl with the, I guess the Forty ers Got drafted by the Saints. But he he grabbed a punt, went to the sidelines, turned around, came back to the other sidelines, and just ran past everybody all the way down the sideline. I was on kickoff our punt so I was waiting for him he came running to me and just cut and I could he was so fast I couldn't even make a move he was already on the other sideline I was like oh my gosh that's what four three speed looks like <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy some fast dudes yeah it's uh I was always jealous of fast people but uh hey what are you gonna do uh Don thank you for doing this man this has been a blast uh talking of RHP football with you and catching up and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see you maybe in California sometime. C catch a game in person. Okay. I know. Uh, yeah, Dave and your buddies. Uh, I'm sure they would love to see you. Uh, you guys had that reunion. Was that that was out here, right? A few years ago or last? Yes, at, at Norm's house two months ago. Wow. Okay, the 1982 CIF champions. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. About uh, 12 of us showed up. Oh, that's awesome. That's a nice that turnout. That's, that was our whole team, just about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back in those days, absolutely. 
Hey, Don Bedoy, it's been a pleasure meeting you and talking to you. Uh, thanks for your continued support of, of Rio Hondo football and, uh, you know, all the best with everything uh, you're going, you're doing uh, going forward. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with all you guys are doing too. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> more, it, Don. We need a couple more championships. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's get some more banners. Sounds great. All right. Well, that was an absolute pleasure chatting with Rio Hondo legend Don Bedoya from the 1982 undefeated CIF champions. And I think it just goes to show you guys that no matter where uh, life takes you, right, uh, it could be uh, another country. It could be across the way down in Louisiana. I mean, the memories are still so uh, so clear and uh, so impactful, really, from uh, your time at Rio Hondo Prep. And that's what I just want to encourage the parents and the players now that you know, you look at some of us, oh yeah, we all played at Real Hondo Prep, right? It was a good time, but sometimes it takes people who, uh, you know, you don't see every day in the hallways to uh, to look back and, and be like, wow, okay, I, I get it. This is a bigger deal maybe than uh, than I even thought. And I, and I know everybody takes it serious. I know everybody is, is cherishing all of these moments, but it's fun to look back and to uh, see again what Real Hondo Prep alumni uh, have become what they're doing now. Uh, again, a service industry, Don going into the Air Force. I mean, that's not surprising at all. That's just kind of what Real Hondo alums do, especially those who've gone through the football program. And uh, yeah, just, uh, man, it's fun to catch up with guys because I never met Mr. Bedoya before. I've heard great things. Uh, but in a way, in a small way, I feel this connection with him uh, and just chatting with him for 20 minutes, being like, man, we were both part of something uh, decades apart, but uh, we have a connection. And that's how I feel with the current guys on the team. I'm always talking to them, uh, you know, just, you know, just patting them on the shoulder pad or saying like, hey, man, keep keep up the hard work, uh, you know, because you represent so many more people than just uh, the jersey on your back, than just uh, the family, the last name you represent. I mean, there's so many of us that live through you guys. Right. And it's not just, uh, trying to relive our high school days. It's that, uh, you know, what, what that is behind me, a charge to keep it, it. It means something, man. It means something so much more than just, Oh, high school football, right? Every, a lot of people play high school football, a lot of kids, a lot of, uh, the brotherhood that's thrown around this, you know, left and right, but real Honda really, really means something. And, and that's why I continue to do this podcast. I really want to get this message out there, not just to it's not just a way to honor the current the current team and, and the parents. It's it's a way to let those who are maybe considering Real Hondo to be like, hey, you want to be a part of something really special? Why don't you check out 5150 Farner Avenue in, in Arcadia, California? Because I think the Real Hondo experience, I would put it up against any high school out there. And I don't know how all, all high schools work or all the private schools, but I officiated football a long time in the San Gabriel Valley. I've been to almost every high school, you know, uh, north of the 605 or excuse me, north of the 60 west to the east of the 605, all the way out to the 15. Um, you know, I've talked to administrators. I've, I've been around it. And I know that every time I, I went somewhere, I was like, man, this is a cool place, but it's not real Hondo. And, and so maybe some of you out there were like, how oh, real Hondo, what is this small little engine that could, right? I implore you guys, man. I challenge you. If you have doubts about Rio or the Rio experience, I'm like, man, Give it a give it a shot. I guarantee you, you won't regret it. I guarantee you, you might regret it if you never attend Rio. Like you don't want to be that guy uh, or a parent or whatever. Like you know, senior year somewhere else, thinking, man, what if I would have gone to Rio Hondo? And and, and it's not to, some people try Rio out, and it's not for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've had plenty of teammates. You know, we all did growing up. It's like, man, if we all stay together, we're gonna be awesome. And and guys go about their separate ways. And there's no bad blood or anything. Everyone lives lives their life, lives their journey. But 
Uh, I am incredibly grateful for the opportunities, the experiences I had at Real Hondo because everything I've gone through in my life uh, after that, whether it was umpire in minor league baseball, going to college or uh, doing what I'm doing now, like I reflect on those times uh, playing football for RHP and not just playing football, but, you know, being in the band and working, uh, you know, getting through school or just, just anything, man. And I, I just, I haven't said it enough probably on the podcast, but people need to uh, really give it a thought. And to the parents out there, to the alumni, uh, I, I think it's up to all of us really to get this message out. Not just me on this podcast, but just to be like, Hey, we are, you know, there, there, there's talk about ma- what's the mascot at Rio. And it's like, well, the cares are the students, the students themselves. Right. And so for the alumni, it's up to all of us to spread the good word, to spread the message, much like, uh, you know, the, the discipleship, right. And, and, uh, in the ministry, like there's plenty of things I, I should have done better in my life, but I'm trying to uh, do the right thing here with Real Hondo football and and put the word out and just encourage uh, everyone who's been through it. Hey, you're a part of it. Uh, no matter what small part you were, uh, we're all a part of this thing and just trying to connect everybody who's gone through it. And uh, no matter how many years it's been, whether you're a ninth, you played in the 1970s or you graduated last year. I mean, it, it's a, it's a big deal. And, um, it's a bigger thing than I think people realize. And, and that's my goal is to elevate it to the next level, put it among the elite programs in the area, and to be the best high school football podcast in America. I think that is a very, very uh, realistic goal. And I'm not afraid of the challenges that that might, uh, that that might include. Maybe I move away someday and I'm not uh, local. Uh, I still want to do this. I want to elevate this program as best I can. And maybe there's somebody who's better at this than I do and they can take the reins. But for now, uh, I'm going to do my part and, and push the real football program, um, promote it as best I can because it's guys like Don Bedoya who you hear from and you're just like, yeah, this is bigger than just some random high school in Arcadia that uh, you know has, has won a few championships. It means something more. And I hope all the players who step on that field understand that. It's not about them. It's not just about... Uh, you know, the guys who graduated recently, it's about all of us. And we're not just living through vicariously through you, but we would give anything on this planet to strap up that helmet just one more time and to go out there and to just compete and represent and make people proud of you for your efforts. So you guys get to do that on a daily basis. We're already five games in. There's only five regular season games left. My, my, message to the players, I guess, is just like, don't take any of this for granted. I know you guys want to be on the field, especially when there's a blowout game, maybe the starters come out and stuff, but cherish every snap because I tell, I'm telling you right now, some cold night in November, maybe December, whenever it is, it's all going to end. And you'll have this moment of, you'll just pause and just reflect and be like, this can't be it. And we all have those moments in our lives. I'm not trying to preach right now, but I'm just, I'm on a roll. So I'm going with it. Uh, we, you have those moments in life at different times and it's far more important things than high school football. But I think your lessons and experiences, the lessons learned and the experiences you go through at Real Hondo Prep, especially playing football, prepare you for some very difficult times. And uh, I personally have gone through some difficult times. And I don't know, I look back on my time at Rio and the adversity and just standing tall and working hard and fighting through it. Like there's, 
There's nothing like playing football real. I guess that's the ultimate sum up, the, the summing it all up. There's nothing like it. And uh, for all of us who haven't played for 20 years or whatever it is, we still think back to, yeah, some hard times. And I, I mean, we got through it. You worked hard through it. Maybe you lost, whatever. Uh, dealing with losses. There's so many lessons. And and I just I just wanted to say that here briefly on the podcast, just to every now and then I get uh, I get worked up about what exactly we're doing. You put so much time and effort into something and you just want, you want it to matter as much to you as uh, to other people as it does to you. And I can honestly say that with so many fans and alumni and parents, they've been so gracious to me, but none of this is about me. This is not this. I I'm, 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 uh, I'm hesitant to receive, um, not criticism, the opposite of criticism. I'm to receive praise, uh, just kind of my nature. I'm a shy guy, but I appreciate everyone who's said kind words about this podcast because it does mean a lot. It means a lot to me. And I remember when I started this, you know, not too long ago, just thinking like I'm going all in and I hope people, people appreciate this and, and kind of see the vision that I have. And everybody has, it's been so fulfilling to me to see everybody to be so like fired up about this and be like, yeah, man, real football. Yeah. Friday nights. Let's go. So, uh, incredibly rewarding. I want to keep doing this as long as I can. And, um, yeah, I just had to get all that out guys. Just every now and then you gotta, gotta release those emotions. Right. So real football in good hands, excited for it. Uh, Don Bedoya, great guest on the pod today, coming on and, uh, reflecting on 1982, a special year indeed. All right. Now let's look at the Torrance Tartars. Let me pull up their max preps here. And uh, let's see if we can. Let's see. No, not audio. I want to discuss them. They are currently three and one on the season. And let's see. There they are. We don't have any stats for them. So that's a little odd. But they opened the season against Narbonne, a city section team there in Harbor City, and uh, played a very close game 10 to 7. Narbonne is usually one of the top dogs in uh, the city section, a great program. So to see that score 10, seven is a little alarming to me, whether you won or lost that game. I'm kind of like, wow. Okay. Uh, I happen to have, I think a friend of mine who, whose dad coaches at San Pedro high uh, and kind of knows the Redondo uh, San Pedro area quite well. So I got to talk to him a little bit about some of these, uh, these scores here, or maybe get some Intel on uh, the Torrance Tartars, but uh, Redondo Union, uh, Torrance lost to them 24 to 14. So again, kind of low scoring there uh, points wise. Uh, San Pedro in week two on the road, uh, they did lose 24 to 17. So again, uh, not putting up too many points. It's it's interesting in today's football, you routinely see right 40 and 50 point uh, games or, you know, opponents, you're giving up 20 and 30 points in victory. So uh, kind of low scoring here. I'm curious to see if maybe uh, they just kind of uh, run the ball, you know, slow down the game, maybe shorten the game, if you will. And then uh, last week against Garden Grove, again, who's no slouch, they're two and three this year, but uh, Garden Grove has had some great teams over the years. Uh, Torrance beat them 41 to nothing. So that score uh, jumps off the page a little bit there, kind of uh, their coming out party, I guess you would say. They scored 20 points in the first quarter, excuse me, uh, 14 in the second quarter. So uh, they really rolled against uh, Garden Grove last week and uh, the Tartars versus the Argonauts. Pretty cool stuff. I love uh, I love unique mascots. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, the Tartars, I'm not sure. Who is it? Compton College, I think, is the Tartars also. So I'm not even sure what a Tartar is. 
what do we got here? We got uh, kind of a Viking helmet or something going on. So either way, beat the Tartars, right, is the uh, is the battle cry for this week. Um, let's see. So they've won three out of the four games they've played. They play in a pretty interesting, let me see their league, the Pioneer League. Torrance, Lawndale, and El Segundo, uh, three pretty decent programs there. Uh, let me see. I think we're going to see uh, a lot of speed uh, against uh, Torrance this Friday night. And uh, I know I said that about Boron and maybe their size, but there's a whole lot different level, right, between uh, a, a public school like Boron, out, a small school out in the middle of the high desert versus a school like Torrance, who uh, I'm not sure their enrollment, but it's got to be a few thousand kids. And I know it's only 11 on 11 at times, but still, um, it should be an interesting Friday night. Uh, again, be sure to cheer our boys on. Um, I, I will be honest. I, I expect great things from Rio Hondo, but I think in this game, uh, we could we we could get punched back a little bit. We could maybe um, we I'm not going to say shell shocked, but we could uh, we could be surprised. I think early on, and the boys better be ready. I think they will be ready. Uh, they're up to the challenge. I, I look in the eyes of all these guys on Friday nights, and they seem relaxed. They seem uh, full of energy. But I, I hope they get that enthusiasm. Maybe that I get. Here's some highlights from. Uh, let me see here. Little, little run here from uh, the Torrance Tartars. Looks like, what do we got? Kind of a Garden Grove versus Torrance for those watching on YouTube. 15-yard run. So kind of a pistol set they they run. Kind of a gun run there in the middle. Okay. So most teams run this stuff now with the uh, the shotgun or the pistol formation. 12-yard run. Just a few highlights on the, uh, the show here. Kind of an overload situation there. Quarterback scrambling. Okay, so got to contain him. Looks like some pretty decent sized linemen. Let's look at the roster while we got him here on uh, on uh, Max Preps. Maxpreps.com, man, when you want to look up opponents, it's a great, great way to go. Um, pretty good sized roster. Again, big public school, so a lot of bodies. We'll look into the 50s and 60s. Some some big dudes, 250. Okay. I guess they don't have all the the uh, the weights and, and this and that, but... Um, a decent sized roster should be interesting, man. I'll say that it should be interesting. I think it's a real challenge for Rio and I hope they're ready to step up and to, uh, to answer the bell, if you will, to, uh, not back down from anybody like, uh, you know, Rio is so accustomed to doing We will play anybody anytime, anywhere. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And, and what coach Carson said on the, uh, post game show on uh, Saturday over the weekend was that, you know, this was a game scheduled that Rio kind of knew would kind of be like a playoff type uh, opponent really. And somebody that uh, these are the types of teams you'll probably have to beat four weeks in a row to get to a CIF championship. And so it'll be a real test for Rio, man. I I'm looking forward to this. Uh, another level of football that every time Rio has kind of stepped up to a different opponent, right? It's appeared like, I mean, I'm, they've answered the call. They've answered the call, whether it was Charter Oak, Arcadia back in 2012, uh, Arroyo, right? They were a local rivalry that we wanted to play for years. And a lot of times there was no second game scheduled when there was a home and home because Rio uh, just stepped up and, and beat down these teams pretty well. So I would love to see more public schools on the schedule. We got to get that enrollment up, I think, and, and get uh, obviously healthy. But I would love to see Northview on the schedule, San Dimas, Glendora, uh, some schools obviously out by me that uh, play good football over the years. And I think... Uh, Rio would match up well with, and it would, answer, it would answer a lot of questions from the San Gabriel Valley Tribune to 210 Prep Sports. How would Rio fare against some of these other schools? And I think that the question uh, Mark Carson always answers is that it's it's not about playing these schools, it's playing them week in and week out because it's all about health, right? So um, it's a battle of, of attrition sometimes, and I think uh, Rio can hold its own, and, and this will, be again, be a true test 
on Friday night. Get there early, get some food, support the, uh, usually I think it's the junior high girls or the high school girls, uh, summer trip uh, funds and everything. Uh, you know, hey, get two meals, man. Why not? Why not? Uh, this money's going to a good cause. Help the young ladies for their summer trip. Uh, and, uh, you know, last week had some good pizza. That was that was good. And I think the week before that had some uh, pulled pork sandwiches. Not sure what's on the menu this week, but get there nice and early. Uh, congrats to Colby Johnson for the for the uh, presidency, we'll say, for uh, Rio Hondo Prep. I did want to mention, uh, and he, he will probably be on the podcast uh, this week. For the post game show, I did want to mention briefly uh, the girls volleyball team, which we'll kind of do here. It's hard to do some scores on the pod for the, the for the girls on the pregame show because uh, by the time this is out, I record this earlier in the week, and then by the time it's out, uh, you can't really do a recap or whatever because uh, the games have been played already. But let's see, the girls volleyball team is uh, twelve and eleven, one and six in the prep league. Uh, has been struggling a little bit since they hit league play. But uh, the prep league is kind of a, a gauntlet, if you will, for uh, girls volleyball. Uh, last week, they lost on uh, to Mayfield at home and to Polly at home, as well as uh, Chadwick at home. So they took Chadwick uh, to five games, but unfortunately, Polly and Mayfield uh, swept the young ladies. And uh, this week, uh, for Real Hondo Prep, you guys will hear this. Uh, you guys will hear this. And. Uh, after the fact, but uh, Rio plays Flint Ridge on Tuesday, uh, September 19th, and Westridge at, uh, let's see, Westridge on Wednesday, uh, September 20th. Uh, Westridge is away Tuesday. Flint Ranch is a home game. So again, you will, it doesn't do you any good hearing that now because uh, by the time this is out, uh, it, it will be too late to get out to in attendance. But don't forget to support the ladies. You can look at maxpreps.com for their uh, volleyball schedule and, uh, you know, get out. It, it keeps you, right? Keeps you uh, supporting real, real sports before, uh, you know, the football games, which are just on Fridays, but for the most part, anyway, Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, before we go, I do want to talk about one quick rule. Uh, gonna be nice and simple this week because uh, just kind of a shorter show that I want to just uh, m move on and get and get on to. But uh, we're gonna talk about the play clock in high school football. Recent change a few years ago is that high school football did go to a forty second play clock. So uh, we don't have the uh, the the clocks that are out. Uh, visual clocks, we'll say like a shot clock in basketball or whatever. High school football doesn't have that yet, but much like the NFL or college football, you know, there's there's 40 seconds in between plays uh, every time a, a ball is snapped and, and the play ends. So uh, from the time the whistle blows, to the ending of a play, you have 40 seconds to run the next play. There are exceptions in the sense that um, say there's an administrative stoppage. So a penalty, an injury, uh, a touchdown, uh, anything, a change of possession. Uh, where it will not be 40 seconds, you will then go to a 25-second clock, which we used to do all the time. But what will happen basically is if there's some type of administrative stoppage, uh, kind of the things I mentioned, then once the ball is spotted, everyone's ready to go, the official will will hack the ball ready for play, and you got 25 seconds uh, to call your play before a delay of game. If you watch the back judge, which is kind of the official back where the free, uh, the free safety would play, right? Uh, the, the guy uh, furthest away from the ball, he controls the play clock. A lot of guys have buzzers on their hip. Uh, and what they will do is when there's five seconds remaining on the play clock, they will either raise their hand or give a kind of a, a counting signal. So if you watch Coach Carson, uh, sometimes in, in you know games where they're, Rio's trying to kill the clock, if you will, use as much time as possible. He will have his quarterback, uh, Yannick Diaz, Alex Mustaine, whoever it is, look to the back judge and wait for that back judge to start counting five seconds and not snap it until uh, those final five seconds. So you milk as much time uh, of the clock as possible. So uh, play ends, general, you know, run or pass play, no matter first down, whatever, uh, generally 
uh, 40 seconds uh, goes from from uh, the, the end of the play until you have to snap it. Now, if I'm honest, yeah, again, 40 seconds will probably turn into like 42 seconds, 43 maybe, because a uh, back judge has to officiate the play. Okay, the play ends, everything's over. All right, no one's fighting. All right, good. Now we'll start the 40. So it's not always an exact from whistle until snap, 40 seconds. Sometimes it's a little longer, but I think uh, 42 seconds or so, 41, 42 seconds is usually better than like, uh, say, 39 seconds, right? So you want to get that that full time on the play clock. And again, after a penalty, after an injury, a uh, change of a quarter, um, a, a kickoff, a touchback, uh, you'll see the officials move the chains, and that will be the time the official blows his whistle and marks the ball ready for play. They don't mark the ball ready for play after uh, a general uh, play ends because uh, it's just, hey, 40 seconds uh, up until um, 40 seconds from, from the end of the play until the ball snaps. So you don't have to mark it ready. You don't have to mark it ready if kind of the, the game has stopped, not just the clock stop, but kind of, again, there was an administrative stoppage. Someone was asking me what this means. We, you know, raise the roof or whatever. That generally means uh, tell, telling the back judge, hey, reset the play clock to either 25 or, or honestly, hey, don't throw a delay a game here because we were late kind of setting up the, uh, getting the ball spotted and, and other things. So that's just some insight on kind of what goes on between downs again. And I would just want the, uh, the fans out there to kind of get a little, no, I'm not, I'm not dropping huge uh, knowledge or, or, or test questions or anything for you. I'm just giving you little things really that I think will make our fan base a little more knowledgeable. And to those who maybe don't know football uh, a whole lot, kind of like, what, what do you mean delay a game? What, what they have to call plays in between. There's a lot going on in football. And even those of us who know a lot of it, you know, we might learn something if we take a step back and we're like, oh, I didn't realize that that's how that works. So in college and pro, there's all kinds of times when you reset it to 40 and 25, I won't confuse you basically for any administrative stoppage. Uh, if you have to move the ball or whatever, there's a pause in action. Then you hear, you'll see the referee blow his whistle and hack it in, mark the ball ready for play for 25 seconds. And again, keep your eye on that back judge who should be raising his hand or counting counting it off so that the quarterback and the offense can see that, oh man, there's five seconds left. And a lot of times I'll say this too. This is, this is just procedurally wise. This is how things go. Um, generally, if there is a delay a game, the back judge throws his flag, right? Delay a game. You'll see this at all levels of football. Um, basically, if a coach is willing to burn a timeout for a delay a game and you could say, wait, he called timeout after the, the back judge threw his flag in general, generally speaking, you're going to grant the coach a, a timeout. If, if again, there's some communication, right? The back judge has the play clock. He's counted down the side, uh, the sideline official, the line judge or the headlinesman. He's getting communication from the head coach. Hey, timeout, timeout. Oh, okay. Hey, timeout. And you're blowing your whistle, killing the clock while the back judge is throwing a delay a game. In general, you're always going to grant that timeout. That's usually what a good crew will do because, uh, hey, if you're willing to burn a timeout, yeah, we're going to we're gonna give it to you because uh, you only get three of those a game anyway. Now, within reason, right? It can't be a delay a game and then, wait, timeout, timeout. I mean, if it's close at all, though, if it's close at all, they're going to grant you the timeout. That's just the right thing to do and kind of what is taught around uh, high school football officiating. So uh, plus it's your sideline. You're the official on that sideline. You want to grant your coach a timeout, right? Cause if you don't, you're looking for, you're, you're picking a bigger fight than probably is worth. So sometimes you'll see a flag on the ground and be like, wait, they threw a flag for delay a game. Yeah. But they called timeout over here and it's just a process, right? The communication and uh, just one of those things that makes a uh, football again, very, very unique. Okay. That's it for today. That's your, brief rules discussion uh, topic. I hopefully you guys enjoy that and you enjoyed the conversation 
with 1982 CAF champion Don Bedoya. We'll be back on the weekend recapping this huge game Friday night against the Torrance Tartars, who are three and one coming to Rio Hondo Prep. They are well rested. They've played four games to our five, and I'm excited, man. It's going to be a real challenge. I hope the boys are ready. It's going to be four quarters of war and uh, should be very, very exciting. And once again, it'll be an opportunity for our young men, our boys, to uh, become men, which, uh, you know, real football does very, very well, making, uh, you know, young men into men and, and and just developing them and maturing them. So be sure to uh, tune in Friday night. If you can't be there, tune in on the NFHS network. If not, I will be posting updates uh, left and right. And then, of course, the recap show on the weekend. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you on Friday night. I sure hope so. And if not, I'll be here on the podcast for our recap show over the weekend. Have a great couple of days before the game or, you know, a couple hours, I should say, and it'll be kickoff time in Arcadia. Well, check that Irwindale before you know it. Thanks to Don Bedoya and looking forward to more podcasts next week. Another pregame show to the volleyball players out there. Keep working hard and put together some dubs and uh, yeah, to the football team out there cherish every snap, man. I'm telling you, it goes quick and before you know it, it'll be done. So don't take any of it for granted. Enjoy this ride. Enjoy uh, growing from, from, uh, from boys into men. It's a, Man, you'll you'll never you never forget these times. So, uh, we'll see you on Friday night, guys. Week five, Torrance at Rio Hondo Prep beat the Tartars. Turn the boy into a man